Hi, this is Ray Park. I play Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon Podcast. Check it out, listen, make sure the force is strong. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 178. My name is Jay, the Jedi Ross, and this is it, kids. Today is the day, Thursday, December 17th. I'm recording this the morning of, because this evening, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Cineplex Theatres at Winston Park, I will be watching Star Wars The Force awakens that's right it's been a long time coming kids but i'm very very excited took the day off work uh gonna make a whole big affair of it so to celebrate uh i'm bringing you this episode it's a very cool episode where i had a conversation with a dude that i met at motor city comic-con last year he is a custom lightsaber creator manufacturer fabricator and whatever he makes lightsabers and they're goddamn badass and he's a really nice guy it's solos hold lightsabers and i'll be talking with aaron aaron is the representative and the mind and the master behind solos hold and he makes some incredible stuff so I don't have much to say about the movie because I haven't seen it yet, of course, but I'm going to come right back at you. It'll probably be my last episode of the year. We'll be next week discussing uh, when spoilers have calmed down and the internet isn't freaking out. But I must say I'm incredibly proud of the lack of spoilers out there. I haven't even seen anything tempting. Uh, I'd much rather be living with the fact that everybody is berating each other not to spoil it. So good on you, internet. Good on you, geeks. Good on you, fan kids. Way to keep it real. Um, so here we go to celebrate. I speak with Aaron about Solo's Hold. Now, I got to apologize a little for the audio quality on this episode. The day that I was talking to Aaron, we had a little bit of Skypey wipey problems, didn't have a great connection. Things turned out kind of fuzzy. I did what I could to clean up the audio, but we had a good time talk, so I wasn't going to not let you guys hear it. But uh, hopefully we can get Aaron back on the show again and maybe clean things up a little. But, uh, I mean, it's absolutely audible. It's absolutely listening to a bull. He's just a little fuzzy and, uh, you know, a little drowned out. But I did what I could to clean it up. It's a podcast. It's free. What do you want? Shut the hell up. Enjoy the conversation. And, of course, may the Force be with you. So yeah. 
So, okay, you're just telling me right now you, you got a hundred lightsabers or so ready to ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long you been doing this now? This project? Or no, just like making sabers in general. Four years. Four years. And this is like, has it exploded then in the time you've been doing it? Like, No, I mean, it's exploded in the, as far as the industry goes, what you want to call it. So it's really more of a hobby for a lot, for I would say the majority of the people that just, you know, they, they do it. They're tinkerers. They like to, they like to do it yourself kind of, you know, and so there's, it's always been around for at least the last 10 years. And then there's people who take it to another level. Um, and you know, they mass produce and there's boutique artists, um, like myself and several, you know, Darth Alice and, you know, handfuls of guys that are really stand out in my mind, um, that do it. And it's, how do I explain this? Um, well, see, I was going to. I guess ask, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you because, like, uh, I had no, I have no idea what the actual consumer demand is. Like, I know when Master Replicas came out and started putting those out through the stores that, you know, they're popular enough that they were able to keep making them. But I had no idea that custom, the custom lightsaber, you know, market was big enough that just you yourself are needing to ship a hundred lightsabers. Like that kind of blows my mind. Hmm. It's it's different. Um, I would I don't know how big the market is. Honestly, I, I wouldn't say the market is millions of people. Probably somewhere between fifty thousand to two hundred thousand people easily. If you take, I mean, we know, you know, just basing it off the statistics that we are aware of. You know, like the popularity of Star Wars. You know, how many people out of that go to Comic Con? You know, if you take those those statistics and you kind of say and you even split them up and you you know but there's people that are love star wars but don't get so crazy to where they dress up like you know stormtroopers and they don't you know what i mean they they love it from a distance they don't immerse themselves in it it must be an exciting time too of course with the force awakens coming out and uh you know new lightsabers basically uh blasters all kinds of stuff yeah it's uh it's it's got to be an exciting time for like you know thinking up new creative ideas or just uh trying out new ideas i saw the other day uh did you see how they had the plaque out for the kylo ren lightsaber was on display somewhere and there was a little plaque beside it that called it uh an ancient design although newly constructed and uh, what do you think about that? That's that's a crazy idea. I think that uh... okay. I'm going to tell you my big theory. This will get us into okay. our Star Wars talk. My Love, big my big theory is there's been a lot of talk that you know Luke is Kylo Ren, dark side, blah blah blah. I think that Luke did what Yoda told him to do, and that was to pass on what he had learned. He tried to pass it on what he had learned to this kid, who went bad and became Kylo Ren. And because Luke failed, as Obi-Wan did in training Anakin, Luke goes into seclusion. And it takes maybe his niece and, you know, that to kind of bring him out of it. So that's my theory. I don't know how close, you know, I've heard crazier stuff, put it that way. But uh, how, what are your feelings, man? What are you excited about? Well, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens with Luke. Luke, this has been on my mind for 30 years, man. You know, what's 
this has been this is the story we've all been waiting for, more or less. So, um, my theory, you know, I've read a lot of spoiler stuff. I don't know how much, you know, I kind of been I'm half and half. I don't want to don't want to know too much. I don't want to have a set myself up for something, and I kind of want to go to the theater um, and be surprised. But from what I gather. Um, Han and Chewie were imprisoned after the after they blew up the second Death Star, and uh, Leia had twins. And they, I mean, a lot of this is just what other people have said is rehashing and rehashing. But I think that Luke did go into hiding, or he's remained, you know, been off in the distance. And uh, there's a oh man, <laughs> there's there's so much going on. You know, I love Han Solo, and then I love. Luke Skywalker and I love you know so there's I'm kind of the parts of the stories that I, I want to be true and the parts of the stories that I don't want to be true like hearing about Han Solo is going to die but then you also hear that he's already in the lineup for the cast for episode 8 so you don't know what to do really. Yeah, at this point I, I don't know um, I'm just going to be I'm going to let myself be open to whatever happens and that's kind of where I'm at I am more interested in seeing new things, uh, new props. I, I can't wait to see it. So, And I, I've got a kind of a... I had somebody that contacted me recently, and uh, they said, hey, I've got a secret, and I believe it's a secret, and I can't tell anybody. We'll have to just wait till the movie comes out. So um, we might know a little bit more about some of these props and uh, about the characters we're talking about. So, Hey, man, props can be a big giveaway. I... Uh... I, I guess I can I can talk about it now because it's uh, or it's almost out there. But uh, a friend of the show who we've met at conventions a few times, his name's Ken Palco, and uh, he's a prop builder out there in the Hollywood land. And uh, this guy's this guy's worked on everything. He did the phasers for the new Star Trek movies, and uh, just I, the list is too long to go on. But uh, one day he shows me uh, a prop on his phone. We were just hanging out at the hotel. And uh, he shows me this kind of mace-looking thing. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And he's like, uh, it's a mace I'm working on for a new show. And he's like, uh, and he, you know, he's like, keep this to yourself. But basically, Hawkwoman's coming to the CW shows. And we had no idea at the time. They hadn't announced that yet, eh? So, uh, right. yeah, I got kind of a, a little bit of a sneak peek on that. Because he's designing the mace and stuff. And it's fucking badass shit, man. So... Yeah, it's really cool when you can get the fucking the early little peeks at things. You know what I mean? So. That's, yeah, that's kind of why I'm trying not to. I'm, if I don't want to let something slip out, you know what I mean? No, absolutely, of course, man. Yeah. There's probably so much shit going on in the works. That's what I asked a lot of the 501 guys when it first came out. I was like, so how many of you guys are already in your basements working on the new suits? And all. Of them. Oh yeah, they were like, oh yeah, we haven't seen each other for weeks. They just <laughs> the second the pictures came out, they vanished. You know, they were like, okay. Uh, and one of the one of the one of the garrisons sent a guy to Hollywood or wherever they had one of the suits on display when it first came out, and he took all the pictures and the measurements and the specs and <laughs> reported back mm -hmm. immediately. You know, so mm -hmm. it's you know, it's, yeah, that's so much that's passion goes into it, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, lightsabers are no different. Everybody's in a huge hurry, and I always find it pretty funny to see them. Everybody scramble. Oh no, we got some new tidbit of information if you go on a like replica prop forum. And uh, I always find it hilarious 
when people rush to be, and I don't know why they rush. You know, it's never good to be in a huge hurry, but uh, um, they rush to be the first person who replicated it. Okay, I mean that's cool, but you know, are you sure you got it right? You know, I mean. Uh, yeah, you figured that'd be way more important to be accurate than quick on something like that. I mean, I mean, come on, you want that stuff to be perfect if you put something out early you kind of look foolish at that point you know it's is there a lot of competition or do you guys share a lot of info and work i'd imagine there's got to be some kind of sharing of technology but yet some stuff you want to keep to yourself i guess yeah yeah well i mean it's kind of funny i don't really i i'm pretty uh transparent when it comes to that stuff because a lot of what i do is i we and i work with collaborate with other artists so it's not so yeah there's a lot of the sharing going on and uh we don't when we collaborate on projects it's we give every each other everybody everything and that whoever's on the you know in the collaborative process but as far as competition goes is i mean i don't really compete with anybody um besides myself so and i think it's funny i see it a lot and uh that's not really the not the driving force behind what I do, but I do, I, you pick up on it, you read stuff and, you know, it's, it's kind of hard not to be, but that's, that's what fuels all the better stuff that keeps coming out, you know, like the new soundboard, you know, that's, that's the stuff, the innovation, that's kind of what, if there wasn't that, it would be stale, you know what I mean? It wouldn't, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like that's just always... part of human nature. Yeah. Yeah, always looking for improvement. Like the like your Luke uh Return of the Jedi model. Uh you seem to have reworked that quite a bit. You're always trying to improve that specific model. Are you a fan of that lightsaber or Oh. That's the one that's uh it's been a mystery for many, many, many years and, and like we talked at Motor City Comic Con. Um new material but with the owner actually of the screen use prop came forward at celebration last year. He said, Hey, I, uh, I've been keeping this a secret, but here we are now. He's one of the owners of the prop store and he unveiled that he had, and he had pretty much went through the, uh, process of verifying that it was the actual screen use prop. You know, they have several different ways that they go through that provenance, you know, to make sure that it's the correct thing and not just somebody making a replica in their basement and selling it for, you know, uh, what do they call that? Scalping it? Yeah, yeah, totally. But, uh, yeah, with with the saber, so we got new information, uh, which has been missing for all these years. And people inside um, ILM and you know the special effects department, to them, you know, it might be important in the archive people, but uh, it seems like to the fans, it's, it's like the holy grail. You know what I mean? Especially if there's something that when people have replicated it before, they did a great job. Um, but it wasn't accurate, you know, it was close in some aspects. And then it was, you know, when you look at the actual screen use prop that was unveiled, you're like, whoa, that's, whoa. So all these guys have sat around with these lightsabers in their collection and even master replicas. Um, and they had access to the Lucas archive. They went in there and they could 3d scan it, whatever technology was available when they were still in business and, uh, they could model it. They had all the time in the world to make the most perfect replica of it, and you know, and it, they never did. It just kind of blows my mind. So there's people that, in different levels of collecting, and uh, it's kind of funny. You go to like a Rancho Obi Wan. Yeah, totally. 
the the owner has got like a whole subsection for fan sculpted artwork and you know what I mean and then there's stuff that's like knockoffs of the original thing like you'd see on the shelf with the packaging and all that stuff and it's in like Chechnyan or whatever and it's backwards and it's, it's, but you have to it's kind of like uh, I think that the amount of energy and amount of talent involved in doing something like that so making a non-licensed replica doesn't really mean anything to me um, because it's when you buy a, a collector's item like that you're just buying it for the man somewhere in there there's some value that you're trying to retain in it and I don't know if having something that's inaccurate but says X you know whatever this name on it really means anything doesn't you know what I mean? That's just kind of yeah. No, I so totally hear you. Yeah, it's like it that's makes it more the, like a toy. <laughs> exactly, and uh, but there's people you know like myself and other guys like Goff and Scott Juarez and you know a whole list of people, Obi Shane, that are totally and solely do this just for the prop itself. That's the whole motivation behind it. We're gonna nail this thing. We're gonna hit it. We're gonna do what nobody else has done. We don't, you know what I mean? So yeah, but there's other goals that were in mind when we, we did it. We wanted to make something that was install friendly. We wanted to make it strong for anybody who wanted to beat each other with it, and then uh, just do things that uh, that kind of went further than just having a static piece of metal. To, you know what I mean? A belt hanger, as it were. For sure. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I was. That's why th this is all a bit weird for me because I. I am such a fan of lightsabers. That's what it was for me when I was a kid. Uh, I, I didn't want any of the figures, any of the vehicles. It was always just the second I saw a lightsaber, I was like, that is the coolest thing ever in the universe ever, period. And, mm -hmm. you know, that, that spawned my collecting of lightsabers and stuff. And that's why the prequels, in a way, mean so much to me. Uh, and the comic books. I mean, I, did, I wasn't raised on the movies. I knew of them and thought they were cool, but it was when I started getting into reading the comic books like decades ago mm -hmm. and the novels, and then the prequels came, and I actually got to see an army of fucking Jedi. Like, I got to see hundreds of lightsabers ignite at once. And mm -hmm. so that makes this as excited as I... Like, I'm totally stoked for The Force Awakens, but... In a way, I, I'm really getting to know a whole new Star Wars that even though it's old but new because I am a bit of a prequel apologist. You know what I mean? I'm from that in-between era of the expanded universe. So how, how did you feel about the prequels? Did You you must have at least enjoyed getting to see all those badass lightsabers. Well, yeah, I mean, I could take them for what they were and I could see the, the flaw in the storytelling and stuff and totally forgive it. Just because there was... We needed to have that, dude. and look what it spawned. I mean, here we are now. I'm still part of the, you know, the fandom, and it's love it or, or not. I mean, it served its purpose. It, it it did tie up all those loose ends in the beginning, the backstory and all that stuff. Was it directed well? Was it the story that great? I don't know. But, you know, yeah, yeah, it had its moments well, there, though. There was some redeeming right. qualities that, you know, pulled out of there. So, right. you know, we got to see a gold I, lightsaber, purple lightsaber for fuck's sake. Like, right. I mean, that's important. That's very important. And that's kind of speaking of, you know, you asked me about the lightsabers. Is, that's kind of why one reason after doing my homework into the uh, Asajj Ventures project that I did last 
couple of years. Um, she was actually supposed to be in um, Attack of the Clones. She was supposed to be, or I'm sorry, yeah, Revenge of the Sith. She was Duke. She was supposed to be Dooku's character. Dooku hadn't in, been invented yet, but he came in and replaced her, and that's she was supposed to be an assassin and dual wielding and all that stuff. So. There's a lot of interesting that I actually liked, and there's I can't remember the name of the concept artist, but he painted a bunch of the stuff, and you could buy like a really nice presentable uh, metal box concept or like the Ralph McQuarrie books, but it was the guy, and I, I feel like an idiot not remembering his name, but he was right. the guy who did the concept art for the prequels, and that that stuff was in some of it, and uh, just amazing, you know what I mean? Just, yeah, the, the props for the movies were good. Um, and it just kind of too much CG and all that stuff, so it kind of it uh, was kind of hard to digest. But yeah, the lightsabers, man. You know what I mean? I've seen a lot of awesome replicas made of those lightsabers that blew the doors off any of the license stuff. You know, a billion times over. So I mean, thank God for that because it's kind of kept this whole. It, it was during the time that uh, those were coming out that this hobby. This little whatever we call this, I don't even know what they call it. Um, this, you know, Saberland, as a for <laughs> yeah. lack of a better word, came about to be. You know what I mean? Um, well, I remember it was like because I remember Phantom Menace comes out in 1999, and I had a few toy lightsabers, and that really, really spurred things for me because all these new lightsabers came out, and so I jumped on that, and I'd been collecting exclusively lightsabers ever since. Then Master Replicas comes out. I get a couple of those. And then that's when I finally discover, like, this world that exists beyond Master Replicas. And I remember the first two companies I ever heard about in the early 2000s were, uh, I think it was Park Lightsabers and Ultra Lightsabers. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't believe some of the stuff that was going on. Some of the custom stuff I was seeing uh, involving wood, bone, like etching. Like, just, just insane shit, you know? And, mm -hmm. yeah, that's – so now I'm at that point, you know? Now I'm, like, you know, meeting guys like you are just creating such literal works of art that, you know, I I feel like I haven't really even started collecting real lightsabers till now, you know? Even though it is cool that I have, like, 90% of the toy ones, you know, that's – Yeah, no, it is cool. It is cool. You can't, you can't take anything away from those. Because, I mean, they are important. They have their place. And I, I think that it's a, for a lot of us, though, and it's a really small niche. Though. you got to understand. I mean, for all the people that like lightsabers, they uh, many of them won't go onto the boards, and they will not go through the commission process for the artists to build a custom lightsaber. Some of it has to do with cost, and some of it just has to do with they're not that committed. You know what I mean? And I can understand that. You know, there was a point in time where, if you would have told me that I was going to be making lightsabers on the level that I am now, I would have laughed at you. You know what I mean? I would have really? said, oh, I love Star Wars, but I, I, and it wasn't until, you know, four years ago in very, in when it was serious, I came back in, you know, cause I was, I, I lurked for a while and I, you know, I mean, I've always loved props and, uh, been, you know, I've got a lot of friends in, in Hollywood and, uh, I've always loved it. Oh, that was always been my, if I, life would have been different, I would have, you know, been in, I would have followed that dream, you know, and right. worked on all those things. But, uh, so I came, I, I showed back up 
And uh, I see that the technology from the first time when I was poking around is like light years ahead of where it was. I said, okay, now it's getting interesting. Now I'm going to get in here and, you know, I'm going to mess around a little bit. And then just one thing led to another. And, you know, so it's not, it's, but yeah, so I would have been happy with having something. But when you look at a master replica, and this is kind of the, uh, what's the, I guess the, uh, this is the the tiny little spark that that fed the flame, you know, or turned into a giant ball of, you know, a raging inferno inside of me that I had to do. This is uh, when you looked at the replicas, and you looked, you know, you, you're like, dude, that doesn't even look like the real thing. It's just like, oh, come on, you're so you're just disappointed, and you're like, all right, I, I could make that. Yeah, I could totally do that. And then we could do this, and we'll do that. You know what I mean? And it was just for the sake of accuracy. And that was, you know what I mean? Because you wanted to have the thing. You didn't want to have something that was 80% there, you know what I mean? Because it just kind of, if you were going to put it on display and you were going to, hey, and your friends come over, like, dude, what is that? That is, you know, the most authentic looking lightsaber yeah. ever. And, and in your mind, you're like, yeah, I've got this. You know what I mean? It's, it's the well, only yeah. one. It's great, you know? And it's it's a tangible piece of the movie that when you look at it, you're going to go, ah, oh, that's just a cheap, you know? thing that was made in mass production just to appease tits. You know what I mean? This is this is for the adult. This is for the kid inside of the adult. Oh yeah. Yeah. The kid who just always dreamed for it to be real more than anything you could possibly like wish for, you know what I mean? I know a lot of people are always surprised when uh it's been a couple times that I've had the chance to hold, you know, pretty at least more proper scaled hilts to the to the movie ones and i know people are always often surprised at how much smaller they actually are and like as far as like thinner because obviously master replica's got to stick all those guts inside and you know i'm sure they don't put as much care into the actual fitting of the guts than like you know someone like yourself you know what i mean but they uh, do pretty good yeah you know what i mean yeah they're, they're, they're well engineered you know what i mean I, right it's just but it's a matter of all right, these units got to cost X amount of dollars, and we have to do this, and they, you know what I mean, and we got to sure. get them out there. They have their overhead and stuff. That's why making props on a, I we might start the conversation with like, oh, you're gonna do close to 100 lightsabers. Well, you know, it might sound good, but you know, there's other guys that do it, and if you think about it from a business perspective, you're like, oh, that's not good. You know what I mean? You should be doing, you know, a million times more than that, and then you you know, cost, volume, profit. So, right, I mean, right. some of that's lost in there from a business point. But if you're doing it solely to make money, then you better go knock on the door at McDonald's. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I'm sure you must. It's one of those things that when you get into, there's got to be a huge learning curve. Like how much time it takes for whatever specific parts, never mind constructing a whole lightsaber and trial and error. I'm sure it's like a total journey having to, it's not just like opening a store that, you know, sells a certain product or, you know, when you're a smith, when you're making something, it's, it's a little tiny industry into itself. I mean, you know, I'm sure you're learning shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, when every project you do, you want it. It's got to be better than the last one, and you're, I mean, obviously, you've grown as an artist, you've grown as a as a thinker, and that's just why. When all else fails, I I, I I don't think of my own personal work as a as just a single artist is anywhere near as good as the stuff I've collaborated. 
And I mean, that just stands the reason that there, here we are, there's two, three, four of us that think, you know, we brainstorm and we all bring something to a project that the other one doesn't have. I know my strength. I, I, I turned to my brother over here. I said, all right, man, I'm, this is, you know, and he brings his thing. So-and-so brings his thing. And, and that's kind of, it wouldn't be what it is without that. And so yeah. and I'm looking at, in every case that that's happened, you know, and it's, it's always turned out to be well, just a much better end, end result. So, you know, yeah. you were talking there before about your Asajj Ventress project. And, uh, you know, one of the funny things about her and her lightsabers is she's kind of the only one they've never made a toy for. I've never seen uh, a toy version of uh, of Asajj Ventress's blades. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hasbro did them. They were great yeah? big, huge. They were like five-pound bricks. Yeah. Really, really? I haven't seen them. And that means they're really great. Yeah, I got another thing about. to track down. <laughs> this big around, and uh, I think they made only 500 of them worldwide. Oh, well, that's yep. probably why I haven't been able to find one. Jesus, I got to get up my ass on eBay, man. Yeah, you'll probably pay anywhere between five to a thousand, five hundred to a thousand dollars for the Hasbro version, and it runs on damn three, triple three double A's or triple A's or something, and it's uh, it's got a um. Got like a string blade inside of it. It's just not the string blade. It's the old uh, ah, what's it called? Uh, Electroluminescent, whatever. El. Oh, okay, just the LED. Yeah, kinda. yeah, right, 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 right. My uh, my prized possession in uh, in my lightsaber collection is my 1981 Droids cartoon lightsaber, still in the box, and it's uh. It's green instead of the average purple you'd find for it. And, nice. Uh, that's that's my prize. I got that for uh, for a few dollars back in the day, maybe ten years ago. And I only know of two others that I've seen on eBay. So wow, uh, that's that's my prize. That's my that's my important one. And then, uh, but the one that I enjoy, uh, I do have one master replica. I've got uh, the one that's apparently made from the mold. Of the weathered Obi-Wan. Yeah, the artist proof. Yeah, it's, uh, it is it is beautiful. It's real nice, the hold, and it just, you know, the weathering is, it, it feels authentic as hell on it, you know? It's a beautiful lightsaber. They did, a, I mean, I've, I've held a couple of them, not a ton of them, and it's funny because you would think that, I mean, somebody would assume that I probably, you know, I probably have some massive collection of lightsabers and all stuff when I don't, which is funny. Um, right. It's just ironic. Uh, but yeah, the couple that I've held, they were nice. You know, they were very nice. They were quality and uh, heavy as shit too. <laughs> yeah, you, know I mean? you could that do was... some damage with just the hilt with one of those things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got a lot of it right. Like I said before, they were awesome. It's kind of one of those things where if you that's if you're a accuracy nut like me. It'll just irk you to know I'm get that thing out of my face right now. <laughs> well, I, I'm not surprised you don't have many or collect any of your own. You're probably too busy making the damn things. I mean, you know, come on. And uh, your Han Solo blaster, that's a beautiful piece itself, you know? Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, how long have you been working on that for? Oh, man, that project started, uh, well, 
there's only some of the limited edition kits left, but uh, it was over a year and a half that project was just in the research phase and the prototyping and then to do the production. So, and that was, uh, and you don't you don't think about it when you look at something that looks simplistic. You're like, and some of it does. Um, and you're like, oh, that's just got to be easy. Well, I, there's no part that, like the the scope that uh, as far as super compact, it was a company in Japan in the 40s, 50s, 60s. They made uh, fishing rods and some other sports stuff, tennis rackets or something. And they went out of business. You know, I think it was after you know, a bomb got dropped over there. I'm not sure. Um, and they're super rare to find. Right. So it's not anybody I know of, like five or six in existence, and there's a couple. That's it, eh? Wow. Oh, we're having a frozen. Well, variations of it. And, okay. You there? Yeah. Sorry, we just had a freeze moment there, but we're good now. All right. So, so are people machining the part then, or what do you guys do if there's only four of them out there? Like. Well, that's thing yeah that there's guys that make a resin cast because they were lucky enough to get the one of them and then there's guys that have them and they don't like it's they don't want to send their baby to you man because they don't know if you're ever they're gonna ever gonna get, get it back and you know there's horror stories that have gone on in the prop in the hobby prop world where people have just done horrible things and, you know um so it was very hard yeah, yeah. but you know after you've you, you've been around a little while and, you know, people, nobody wants to give away these things. It's because it's, I think the sentimentality of it and the, uh, the, the rarity of it, it kind of, I would almost assume that it's, you know, you can never replace it for starters, but that's the whole reason why I'm like, let's make a replica of it. You know what I mean? We'll do a collector's run and, you know, of course. But we did that. Keep it you know alive. what I mean? That's, yeah, right on. Yeah. Not everybody can, you know, fork over a thousand bucks for one scope that maybe you'll see one in your lifetime become available. So let's make one that's, you know, not a real scope, but it's a replica of it and let the other people have a chance to get one. You know, so yeah, for sure. That's, got... it, it's, it's, it's difficult. I, I understand it, you know, um, a lot for a lot of props. These guys are, these, this is people's children, you know what I mean? That we're talking about. So of course, of course. It's like I wonder, like, like you know, the for anybody out there listening who doesn't know, the original lightsaber, at least Luke's lightsaber, was made from the handle of the flash for the Graflex, I think it's called, mm-hmm. camera. And, mm-hmm. uh, geez, I imagine, like, I'm sure there's more, you know, there's a few of those out there, probably more than the scope from the sounds of what you're saying. But uh, it's really neat that there's probably this little tiny industry unto itself that's just out there hunting for the Graflex handle, you know? There is. There's a, the photography industry or the you know the aftermarket. I'm sure they don't like that. You know what I mean? Because they're. That's, um, but right now uh, there's one good replica that's actually being made, and uh, it's made by a company called Roman Pro- Empire, and uh, he makes some really, really, really accurate, accurate uh, graph flexes and the Obi Wan stuff from you know. Uh, completely one to one of the real parts that they use in the movie. Yeah, the people in the photography industry really probably don't like uh, guys chopping up all those antiques. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think it's a worthy cause. <laughs> oh yeah, so do I. Spe- yeah, especially with where you know 
photography is these days. Put a couple of those in a museum and they'll be fine. We've got lightsabers to play with, you know. It's... Exactly. <laughs> Do you yeah. know if uh, any of your work has ever shown up in a fan flick of any kind? I'm not aware of it. But it's, you... it's a possibility. Do you enjoy the uh, the YouTube stuff? There's some people doing some insane stuff with the fan flicks, eh? Oh, I love it. I mean, I don't, you know, the, the tools that they're using, the ingenuity as filmmakers, um, awesome. It's just crazy. I <laughs> I wouldn't know how to do it, you know. I wouldn't even know how to make my uh, stick glow if you gave me the software and sat me down with it. Right. <laughs> Kudos to those guys. It's awesome. Yeah, especially I love the ones when they're actual like ninja teams and like gymnastic teams and stuff, and they're just like fucking all out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, oof. yeah, there's so many of them, um, and there's I keep seeing some like trailers for some new ones. I, I'm gonna have to check into it, but these guys are taking it to a whole nother level now. You know? uh, it's just like the uh, actual training academies. There's several big groups all over the world that actually train. Martial arts trained with lightsabers. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's just, it's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, totally. Like, people have these, like, flat-out, like, whole entire, like, Jedi escape weekends. And, like, you, yeah. go, you go, like, you know, meditate at the temple, and you all make your own robes. And... Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I even saw, like, this, I saw this cool site the other day of, not, like, costumes not like cosplay but like star wars inspired clothing and not like print or anything but just like the styles of it so like one was like a sweater for a girl but it was kind of like this star wars-esque looking wrap with like a hood on it you know what i mean oh yeah yeah and just like you know fighter jackets it, and stuff <laughs> yeah i don't know to dress in the normal world like you would if you were actually in the in the star wars universe yeah, yeah not yeah. just cosplaying like doing it for real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually know a guy who wears Jedi garb every day to work. What? Really? Yeah. What does he do? <laughs> he is actually a martial arts instructor and he teaches Jedi. Okay, uh, that's cool. A Jedi cat. Okay, yeah. that's but, cool. If he was like an IT guy or something, that might be kind of weird, you know? <laughs> no, no, but he owns a, like a five-star um, athletic club and it's they do it for real and it's awesome. So every time I've gone down there to see him, every time I every time I see him, he's dressed like a Jedi, and I think it's just, it's amazing, yeah. man. If there was a place yeah. here in Toronto that offered lightsaber training I, with their martial arts, I would 100% join up for that. Like, right? You know, I, I there's probably enough demand out there too. I mean, there's there's martial arts schools everywhere, right? Like, yeah, oh yeah, a lot of it you can find online, open source, and where those guys put up the. Uh, the videos they do all the training stuff and it's free and you can get the tutorials you can go you can do it at home you can do it with your friends and i think that lightsabers as a sport is, is that's awesome you know what i mean especially for the people who aren't not really athletic but it's kind of like colliding you know it's like aerobics it with star wars right <laughs> you know right, what i mean right. well, or hey, if... with star wars yeah hey, whatever motivates exercise it's not a bad thing right so right. Yeah, totally, absolutely. And I saw recently they made those, uh, those like they're like LED foam lightsabers. Like, they're not exactly foam, but they're like a foam coating or something. And you can just beat the hell out of each other, like shots to the head and stuff. And, yeah. And they're very master replica esque. Did you see those? Yeah, there's a Kickstarter or something online for yeah, it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, man. It looked like a cool idea. Europe. 
Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty cool, actually. You know. Well, I mean, it's uh, nice I, that you guys make them strong enough that you can like duel with each other and hit against the, you know, sword against sword like hard enough. But if you can start doing headshots, that's great. <laughs> yeah, you need protective gear. I think that you know, it's it's it could be dangerous, but at the same time, you know, it's just, I, for me personally, I mean, I can see it from both ways of looking at it. You have, yes, you're gonna do full contact sparring with a lightsaber. Okay, you're gonna want to wear some protection. Hurt. On the other hand, then you have like the LARPing. So I don't know. I, for me, I'm, I, I just kind of stand right in the middle, but, and then 90% of the time I'm off to the, on the sidelines watching someone. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Well, that LARPing, they kind of go overboard with the foamness of the weapons that I've seen at least. You know, every right. year at Fan Expo, they have this whole area cordoned off. Uh, and it's just LARPers just going at each other with their giant seven foot, like, foam swords and shit it's great fun to watch <laughs> that is awesome you gotta love the, the creativity though man it's just always great. oh yeah no it's fantastic i love the dark elves all well, the ones who like paint themselves black and stuff and they're just all about being evil forest dwellers and shit mm-hmm. yeah i don't get i don't get to go to as many comic cons and stuff as you do i'm gonna have to do something about that hey dude that's half the reason i do this show is free pass passes <laughs> Great though, man. I mean, you love it. Don't come on, you love it. Oh God, I absolutely love it, man. Getting to meet people, doing all this creative, crazy stuff. Does does your has your tech interest ever led you to cross paths with like the R two builders or anything? Do you know any of those guys? Or I actually know a guy named. Well, I don't know him like really, really well, but we shook hands and we talked several times. Um, his name's Kurt Zimmerman, and he's he's built. Uh, I think he built the first BB eight. And he does. He's right from here in Michigan, and he's with the R two D two Builders Club and the Great Lakes Garrison of the Rebel Legion. And he's done. He's got a full mech hooked up, awesome R two. And I look at that stuff, and it's kind of funny that you say that because I every time I look at one of those, I can see you know all the engineering, all the awesomeness that goes inside of it. And you know, I just kind of I'm almost shocked that none of those guys have ever contacted me to like fabricate anything. A lot of the stuff that I do is kind of jobs, you know, jobs like that. Sure, yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe they will now. Hey, guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I can appreciate it. And I, I look at it and you go, man, that's a serious, serious investment right there. You know, some of the some of the parts and some of the engineering and just the amount of time that goes into it. Oh, I yeah. imagine. I mean, uh, I've talked to the guys here at the R2 Builders Club of Ontario here. And, uh, you know, they come to Fan Expo with, like, an army. They've got, like, 20 R2s they bring of different, you know, astromech droids of different colors and this and that. And uh, they are kind of a few of them mix in because we have the Dalek builders here too, eh? Mm-hmm. And uh, they build all the crazy Daleks that go running around, and that stuff's so much fun at the cons. But, yeah, these guys are so right into it. What did you think when uh, you first saw BB-8? Did you, did you understand, like – what was happening there, or did you start to just kind of? Well, you know, I the first yeah, exactly, man. I I go right inside of it in my head. I go, okay, how does that work? How does that work? And it all makes sense. And we we I've seen actually read about it and how it works. And I picked up one of the spheros, and it's basically like the same thing, um, just on a miniature level. But uh, that's how my I, when I see stuff like that, like if I go over a bridge, I'm looking at how the bridge is constructed. I'm not looking at the water. I'm, 
I right. see an airplane flying in the sky, I'm okay. I'm like, that's interesting. You know, so, yeah, the uh, farthest I get into I, yeah. the farthest I get into building stuff was uh, my kid's Hulkbuster Lego set this morning. So, but it, you know, it went well. It only took me like an hour. So, you know, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, he's a huge. He's a builder. My kid, uh, he's Lego obsessed, and he's constantly building. And uh, yeah. I went. Well, I'll I went like, to. Time to eat. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, my teacher, I went to like his parent-teacher interview the other night, and they said the same thing. They were like showing me all this stuff he made, and they're like, he's always just building stuff. I was like, really? That's so unlike me. <laughs> right. Whose kid is this? That's awesome. Yeah, but. Uh, cool though. Oh, when they develop their own stuff. See, it's weird because he, he's not into Star Wars. I mean, he's obsessed with Batman and comics and most things I'm into. But Star Wars, for some reason, it just hasn't clicked with him yet. But, like me, he loves lightsabers. And right. every day he expects at least a five-minute duel at some point. And, you know, I bought him one of the little uh, Darth Maul dealies that he mm -hmm. loves. You know, just like the half of it, half-blade thing. So you know, it's, yeah, it's it's fun for that. You know, it's great. Yeah, lights. I have not. I have not been able to uh, get into the Lego like uh, Star Wars. Oh, you know what I mean. If one is not enough. That's, uh, where do you put all that stuff? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I, yeah. I got one friend who does it, and he's got them all too. He's got like the big. Uh, the Lego Death Star and the Lego Millennium Falcon, and it does. It takes up like an insane amount of room in his apartment. You know, it's <laughs> it's awesome, though. I mean, just to think about all the minds that came together to figure out how to make one of those and doing the uh, production of the parts, and it's just kind of it's nutty. Yeah, it's we played. Yeah, we played with them a lot, and it, it's one of those things. And that's why I say you probably have to tell your kid to eat because I remember. Be having to be told, all right, you gotta stop working on that now. You've been working on it since eight in the morning. It's six thirty at night. You know? um, <laughs> Where'd the sun go? You didn't even notice. Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy that they can also take this technology and like make those little iPhone controllable BB-8s. Like mm -hmm. that's nuts. You could just have one of those at home, and you know, you think it's it it's this crazy like technology, but then it's easy enough technology that they can put it in a toy for your house, like. Exactly. It's... Yeah, it's crazy. Any, any any of those guys that are in the R2 Builders Club and any of the guys that uh, do all this stuff, you see like the, uh, what's the blue boards? Um, if you go to Radio Shack, the Arduinos and the Raspberries and all that stuff. You know, right. Those are the guys, you know, it's just the same as in lightsabers. You look at the sound boards that go into some of them. Yes, the hilt is very important, you know, and I, that's kind of where I, 99% of my focus because without the hill, you don't really have the lightsaber. Um, but uh, the soundboards, especially the Plector, I don't know if you have any sabers with Plector Labs in them. I uh, don't know. <laughs> it's just like the realistic, and the guy's like a, he's a, he's from France, and uh, he makes the best soundboards. He makes, you know, a myriad of uh, different tiers of uh, But man, as far as realism goes, it's kind of, like right. the heart and soul. And another company named uh, Nigon's Electronic Creations. Uh, he does a board called the Igniter and another one called the Spark. You know, it's just, uh, it, that's, that's crazy. If you, <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Different models. Like, you figure that'd be an easy enough thing. Like, but, but no, it's just, I guess so. Technology, constant improvement, eh? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, constantly putting out new versions and uh, making it better and better and better and better for the user. It's, uh, it's amazing. Have you ever considered going outside of the Star Wars universe? Is there any like any other props that have ever tempted you? Oh yeah, I do all kinds of stuff, um, but mainly it's it's kind of weird. Uh, oh, I do I do stuff in other industries right now, but uh, I I like to keep them separate. You know what I mean? I don't uh, I I have a whole different another company in a whole different area of uh machining and all kinds of other stuff that i do like the everyday carry um, like yeah but as far as like other genre stuff like is yeah, oh yeah no, I know. yeah yeah oh yeah they would have to be aliens and uh blade runner naturally and uh well, just so awesome but uh one of my biggest thing is is ghost in the shell oh yeah the anime i love like you know Oh man, it's so cool. Well, they're working on the movie right now, aren't they? Yeah, I know. I'm not real impressed with that yet. Yeah. I guess it's only the movie because um, I'm like a purist when it comes to that. Man. I read all the book, you know, the comics, and I read, you know, and I I was around as an adult when the first movie came out. You know what I mean? And, for uh, sure, for was, sure. Yeah, that was my thing right there. So I, I stay true to that. You cannot do in a live action with Western actors with that. Don't do it. You know what I mean. You're trying to cash in on something that's uh, just leave well enough alone. Yeah. If anything, it was more of the animated stuff. I want to see live action stuff. That's me. And I, you know, it might come out and be like the Matrix times twenty. I don't. You know what I mean. But uh, can't replace. It's like making Episode Four over. You know, it's like taking the Freddy Krueger's franchise and then trying to jumpstart it over with a new Freddy Krueger didn't work it's on its face so. yeah that's a hard thing to do man i mean to you know i don't know if there's you know especially with star wars and stuff like even though everything's a reboot or a remake you know there's a lot of there's a lot of heat that went down on that because of the prequels you know so you know if you do it you got to do it right i'm trying to think of something they've even been able to reboot but uh, other than star trek i don't know if they've ever really pulled it off you know I guess that's the problem with it. Well, at least here in episode seven, and I still do want to answer your question, but uh, in episode seven, at least it's just a continuation. It's not really a reboot. It's just a, just an ongoing space opera, you know? Oh, it's so. a sequel. Total, straight up sequel. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, I mean, I understand it as a business, Disney, the film, all that stuff, but this film, I do believe, the most important thing that they're and they're keeping this in mind is it's for the fans. Yes. If they pull another prequel, they're gonna abandon everybody. I mean, there's the people that are lining up to see this. They're not children. I talk to a lot of children. I talk, I, like all my my kids' friends all know and their parents know that I'm like the Star Wars guy and they all grew up with it. And some of them collect stuff. You know, some of them have the figurines. Some of them. You know, they, nobody understands it. Kids don't want to see this movie. It it has to be yeah, for the yeah. people, the hardcores, man. It oh, has yeah, to. yeah, absolutely. That's why Lucas walked away, because Disney wanted to do something for the fans, and Lucas doesn't really give much of a damn about the fans, really, in the end. So, <laughs> you know, oh, you yeah. know? But, well, but you we, that... 
<laughs> we have to thank him for stepping away, though, at least, because you know now yeah. we get to have it for the fans, which is which is nice. You know, uh, the Kylo Ren lightsaber. You know, everybody was freaking out about the cross blades coming out the side, and mm-hmm. you know, talking about what a silly design that is because you can cut the emitters off or whatever. But what I mm-hmm. found was the craziest thing no one mentioned about that design is that there's a thin red wire running up the yeah. side of the hilt. That looks like, you know, it could come apart like nothing. Like, it's got... Crap tech. Yeah. Yeah. All hanging together with duct tape and bubble gum. It just, to me, (laughs) my bigger concern that that little, you know, red wire would pop out and your lightsaber would be useless, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Everybody freaked out when when they showed that and they were like, I just, you just have to look at it and be like, it's just art, man. It's something new Oh, it looks cool as shit. Yeah, you know. It doesn't look very comfortable to hold, honestly. No, it looks thick. You know, it looks thick. I got one of the toys of it, and the toy is totally thick. So I don't know. It's, you know, I can't get the whole ancient design thing out of my head. Like, right. You know, proto saber. Yeah. Yeah, where these like knights of Ren came from? Like, those are my biggest questions because those are, you know, the Sith Jedi wars and their history and chronology has always been my biggest point of focus as far as interest. So, you know, those are the little things that I'm I'm excited to see about the movie is, you know, how has Luke been learning? Because when I finally saw that picture of Luke, like uh, in the Jedi robes. Right. I missed it. Pulled it off the web before I got to see it. Oh, you haven't but, seen it, eh? It's uh, no. it's, it's beautiful. It's really, really beautiful, and it's very, very prequel. Okay. Like it's a very, very prequel robe. Like he looks like a Jedi who could have been walking around in the prequels. Okay. But not in the uh, but not in the uh, just typical brown and beige kind of way. Like it's kind of got like a green esque kind of tinge to it, but. It's gorgeous. It looks great. He's all bearded, and his belt's actually got, like, the Jedi symbol on it. It's kind of neat. But, uh, cool. yeah, he totally looks all, like, Grandmaster Jedi, like, Obi-Wan, like, Grandmaster. So, you know, He's going to be badass. Oh, that gave me a lot of excitement. When I saw that picture, I was like, okay, now that's that's my part of Star Wars, you know? So, you know, I don't think we'll see much of him in the first one either way, but I'm sure we'll see some. That's probably how it'll end with them finding him, I figure, yeah? Well, we'll see, man. I don't, I don't know a whole lot more, and uh, well, I mean, I, I, I know a couple things, but there's some of it I just gotta leave. But what, just imagine if they put out Disney leaks and stuff intentionally, a lot of the spoiler stuff just to throw people off. Like I've got a stack of storyboard stuff that was came out like a year and a half ago or something, at least a year ago. Right. And it was like basically the whole synopsis of the story. With storyboards and concept art and all this stuff, it's like, what? you know, I, what I find interesting is we don't hear much about Andy Serkis' character. We don't hear anything about Max von Sydow's character. We don't hear anything about, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, we, it's a mystery, but but uh, especially what, Max von Sydow's character. Like, I even forget uh, once in a while he's in it till someone brings it up and like. Yeah, there's gonna be a big twist there somewhere. Yeah, but uh, Kylo Ren, though, I'm not real hip to the you know Supreme Leader Snoke. I mean, some of these names, it's kind of like, oh boy, you know what I mean? It's just, but then again, if we were just introduced to the original Star Wars, you know, 
what's a Han Solo? What is a Chewbacca? You know what I mean? So what? Yeah. What's a Kenobi? You know. Yeah. So. And the the one guy's name is Luke. <laughs> exactly, yeah. guy that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it looks like my little bat child has uh, entered the bat cave basement here. Have you come to summon me, bat child? Yeah. Is my is my time up? Is your mom cutting me off? <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, dude. Uh, people can find your stuff at solosholdcom It's that simple. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what's coming up in the future. You got anything you're going to be working on you can talk about? Um, I kind of want to keep a couple things secret um, because there is some kind of level of – how about I let <laughs> it's you know? It's all good, man. You let me know. Tell you what. Uh, why don't you come back after we have both experienced The Force Awakens itself, and uh, we'll have another chat, man, and we'll talk some more. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, man. I'm sure we'll have tons to talk about once that uh, that enters our brainwaves. But, uh, Aaron, dude, thanks so much for taking the time to chill and uh, talk about an elegant weapon in itself with us. And well, it uh, greatly appreciate it. Again, kids, solosholdcom uh, Some excellent, excellent, beautiful work. I actually, despite my 78-piece lightsaber collection, not one oh. of my not one of my pieces is uh, a custom FX. I have a couple custom hilts, but they aren't. Uh, they're just solid pieces. Uh, I've got uh, I've got a Return of the Jedi. I've got one of the spare lightsabers that Anakin used in the Clone Wars, and I've got a Plo Koon. Uh, and they're all custom, like done on the lathe and everything, and with the pieces. But I do not have a custom FX lightsaber. But kids, I've held them in my hand, and they're beautiful and fun enough that my first one will definitely be a Solo's Hold project. I promise you that. So you should all get out there and do the same goddamn thing. So, uh, yeah, thanks again, man. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I, uh, I look forward to talking to you. May the force be with you guys. Excellent. Excellent.